0: Welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 94, Dietary Approaches for Reducing Chronic Disease Risk, Including Cardiovascular Health, Diabetes, Cancer, and Respiratory Diseases. Hi everyone, this is Shelly Rael, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist, and the host and founder of Real World Nutrition. So as I said, this is episode 94, and this is part two in addressing lifestyle factors and our risk for chronic disease. So if you haven't listened to that episode first, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that as I explain what I mean by what we mean by chronic disease and the top five chronic diseases and some of those lifestyle factors that can be implemented to reduce your risk independent Of your genetics. So, today's episode, I'm going to address specific dietary approaches to reduce the risk of chronic diseases, the ones that I mentioned in last week's episode, including cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, and chronic respiratory diseases. So, I'm going to address more than just saying, hey, Eat a balanced diet, high in fruits and vegetables, but get into a little bit more nitty gritty there, not full on nitty gritty because I don't know you, but some overarching themes when it comes to reducing our risk of these specific chronic diseases. So, as I said extensively in last week's episode and in a lot of the episodes I do here on Real World Nutrition is... Nourishing your body with a healthy and balanced diet can reduce your risk of many chronic health issues. As I've said several times already, that could be cardiovascular disease or heart disease as people know it, type 2 diabetes more specifically, certain cancers, and then lung diseases or respiratory diseases. Now, here's the thing is I'm going to go through this. I'm going to be repeating myself a lot, and that's a good thing because you don't have to focus on just your risk of cardiovascular disease and how to eat for that, because in a lot of cases, that covers more than one of our chronic health issues. So an overall nutritious eating pattern that is healthy and balanced provides essential nutrients that can help lower our risk of chronic disease because it can, in part, help with healthy blood pressure, help with healthy cholesterol levels, help with healthy blood sugar levels, provide antioxidants, which is significant in reducing our risk of many forms of cancer. It can strengthen the immune system, which can help with all kinds of diseases, both acute acute diseases and chronic issues. It can support cellular health and help with minimizing or reducing inflammation. So, let's get into some of the specifics of each of these categories of diseases. And in my show notes, I will provide a link to several past episodes and blog posts I've done about some of the topics within this episode. So let's start with cardiovascular disease. As I said in last week's episode and some of the prior episodes, Heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women globally, not just in the United States and not just in certain demographics. This is really our biggest health issue around the world when it comes to chronic disease. So what can we do to reduce our risk? Well, heart healthy nutrients. This is a diet. I know you're going to be shocked when you hear this. Rich in fruits and vegetables. And whole grains and lean proteins and healthy fats. These healthy fats are important. And these fruits and vegetables and the grains and the lean protein provide potassium, which is known to help with healthy blood pressure, magnesium, fiber, which helps with cholesterol levels, and as I've said, omega 3 fats. So these are really helpful in helping maintain healthy blood vessels as well as the blood pressure and cholesterol that I mentioned. So managing cholesterol levels. I've done um, an episode of this in the past and some people still think this or think this is an antiquated thing to look at. It's not just the only thing we look at when it comes to heart disease risk, but many things, this is one of many things that we look at in looking at heart disease risk. So managing our cholesterol levels, it is not dietary cholesterol that we tend to look at. It is really limiting the intake of saturated fats and limiting or eliminating trans fats in foods like, well, trans fats, not so much. Those are, those are highly processed snacks, but the saturated fats, those are in full fat meat products or full fat meat products, fatty meat products and full fat dairy products. So if we minimize the saturated fat, we don't need to eliminate saturated fat, but minimize it, it helps with healthy cholesterol levels. And then if we choose for healthy fats, like avocados, nuts, seeds, and fatty fish, that improves our cholesterol levels and can help with our cardiovascular health. Now, blood pressure control. A diet low in sodium and high in potassium is beneficial for managing blood pressure so if we limit the highly processed foods things like canned soups and fast foods those tend to be higher in sodium and increasing the consumption of potassium rich foods like leafy greens and beans and many fruits and vegetables that can help maintain healthy blood pressure and then i talked a lot about weight management in last week's episode A balanced diet combined with regular physical activity promotes weight management, which is crucial to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. So a healthier weight helps control blood pressure, helps improve insulin sensitivity, and helps lower the strain on our heart. Now, next up is diabetes risk. And you'll find that I've said already, there's gonna be a lot of repeat here because there's a lot of things that we can do for our heart and diabetes, and they're the same thing. So reducing our risk of diabetes. So we wanna have balanced blood sugar levels. This is something I tell people all the time. Even if you do not have diabetes, we want to try to balance our blood sugar as much as possible. And this does not mean you need to have a continuous glucose monitor because that doesn't really help with that. It can make you get a little nuts with paying attention to numbers that aren't as important as people make them out to be. So balancing blood sugar levels. Choose complex carbohydrates. This would be things like whole grains, legumes, vegetables, Choose those over the refined carbohydrates, and that helps with regulating blood sugar levels. So the more complex, so things that have more fiber in them, for example, provide a steady release of glucose into the bloodstream, and it minimizes spikes and helps with managing the insulin sensitivity. So we don't have these spikes or these peaks and valleys. So as I said, fiber-rich foods, high fiber foods, including fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes will slow down the digestion and absorption of the carbohydrates of the other carbohydrates in there. And that helps with better blood sugar control. And fiber also helps with promoting satiety or that feeling of satisfaction or feeling full, and which can help with weight management. Now, once again, For diabetes risk, healthy fat choices. So again, choosing those healthy fats like avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil over the saturated fats can help improve our insulin sensitivity and our lipid profiles. So cardiovascular disease and diabetes are very, very intertwined here. And those healthy fats Similar to fiber rich foods can provide a sense of fullness and can help minimize some of the cravings we may have for those more empty calories or those high processed foods. Portion control. So with diabetes, being mindful of portion sizes can help with calorie intake, managing the calorie intake and minimize weight gain but it also helps with balancing energy with physical activity. So some people feel that if they do a little bit of exercise, they can really go overboard on their eating and that just isn't how it works. So finding that balance is helpful in maintaining healthy weight as well as reducing the risk of diabetes. And then limiting added sugars. Having excess added sugars can contribute to weight gain and increase the risk of developing type two diabetes. So I wanna make it clear, it's not the sugar alone that increases the risk of type two diabetes. It is the extra calories that can potentially lead to weight gain is the sugar issue here. So minimizing sugary beverages, minimizing desserts with added sugars, minimizing those processed snacks, and opt for the naturally occurring sugars like the ones in whole fruits instead of the added sugars. All right, switching gears over here to cancer risk. And as I provided the link last week in the show notes, and I'll do that again, that cancer is a whole group of diseases. So there's things that we can do to reduce our overall cancer risk, and then different things that we can do to minimize specific cancer risk. So I'm just gonna go with the general part here. So antioxidants. Foods high in antioxidants helps reduce our risk of many forms of cancer. So be ready for it. Here's something breaking news, a diet rich in fruits and vegetables and whole grains. These have antioxidants in it. So these antioxidants, they help neutralize free radicals, which can be harmful. These are unstable molecules that can really do damage to our DNA. It really, what most people are aware of is that it increases our aging, the aging of our body, but that's also something that is related to cancer and can potentially lead to cancer development. Here again is fiber. So high fiber foods, as I've mentioned already, pretty much anything that comes from a plant, is high in fiber, so fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole greens, healthy, that's healthy digestion. It helps things move through the GI tract more efficiently, and it can help prevent or significantly reduce the risk of certain types of cancer, more specifically GI cancers or colorectal cancer being a big one there. So the fiber in those foods help with regular bowel movements Reducing the time that potential carcinogens are hanging out there in our GI tract and moving them out efficiently. So once again, healthy fats here in our cancer risk. So again, avocados, nuts, seeds, and fatty fish, that can help reduce inflammation. And we do have, believe there's a link of chronic inflammation and its association with increased risk of cancer development. So once again, those healthy fats, helpful for our heart, helpful for diabetes risk, helpful for our cancer risk. Phytonutrient-rich foods. So I use the term phytochemicals. Phytonutrient is a better term because phytochemicals tends to scare people. But phyto, meaning plant, and now nutrients that are found in plants is really, really beneficial for our health. And when it comes to cancer, including those colorful fruits and veggies in our diet, in your diet, can help ensure a whole range of those phytonutrients. So some examples of phytonutrients, these would be carotenoids, flavonoids, polyphenols. These all have antioxidant properties and anti-inflammatory properties, which can help protect, protect against many types of cancer. And then here's the fifth thing, limiting our processed foods. So again, processed and more specifically ultra-processed foods tend to be high in added sugars, tend to be high in unhealthy fats, tend to be high in additives that are not necessary for human health. And there's an association with increased cancer risk, especially when consumed excessively. So choosing minimally processed foods over highly processed foods is a healthier choice. And I'm not going to go too much detail here about the difference between minimally processed and highly processed, but let me just tell you this. Pretty much every food you eat is processed to a certain degree. Unless you're growing those asparagus and Brussels sprouts yourself, unless you're picking those apples yourself, which you may be, unless you're dealing with that cow to make it edible in your own way, those are all processing, which isn't necessarily a quote bad thing but just minimally processed as opposed to ultra processed foods which tend to be something that barely resembles what it was in the first place. So I do love my Fritos corn chips but it doesn't look anything like corn. All right so Big one here that people don't tend to think of when it comes to dietary approaches is chronic respiratory disease. So I do see people who have COPD exacerbation or exacerbation of their lung disease. In part, it comes from, in part, I wanna emphasize, it comes from their, their diet approach and their weight status as well as other factors. So what can we do from a dietary approach? Well, consuming a nutrient-rich diet, nutrient-dense that has the vitamins and minerals for a healthy respiratory system. So this would include nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, and omega-3 fatty acids help benefit lung and help benefits our lung and respiratory function. Now, not... The supplements, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, and omega-3s, but foods like the fatty fish, like citrus fruits and tomatoes and strawberries and nuts and seeds would all have those nutrients in them. Then anti-inflammatory foods. So chronic respiratory diseases like asthma, for example, and COPD involve inflammation of the airway. And if we include anti-inflammatory foods, like fatty fish and leafy greens and berries, and even some of the herbs or spices like turmeric and ginger. These can help reduce inflammation and potentially alleviate symptoms. And maintaining a healthy weight, because as I said a bit already, excess weight can contribute to respiratory issues like obstructive sleep apnea and decreased lung function. And a balanced diet combined with regular physical activity can help with maintaining a healthy weight and reducing the strain on our respiratory system. And I just want to mention this. I'm not throwing this in there because I'm a dietitian. I just feel it has to go there. I've had people in past weight management programs that I've done where they have told me without me prompting them, without this being a goal, they told me they were able to reduce their use of their asthma medication as their weight went down, even by just five or 10 pounds. So I just wanna mention that this was not something I ever really thought of in the past, but I have witnessed it, or people told me firsthand that this helped them. Now, hydration. Hydration is essential for maintaining optimal lung function. So drinking adequate water helps thin the mucus secretion, so it's not so sticky. Well, it's sticky, but not as thick. And then it makes it easier to expel and reduce the risk of respiratory infections. So water or hydration is important here, and a lot of people don't tend to think of this. Avoiding the irritants. So some of the foods and beverages we have can be an irritant to our respiratory uh, system. So this could be things like spicy foods, caffeine, and alcohol and that can be a trigger for some people. So again, you need to pay attention to what are your personal triggers to help you manage your respiratory symptoms and reduce exacerbation. So again, multiple things, a lot of overlap here. So adopting a few lifestyle habits can address several chronic diseases. So adding healthy fats, adding fiber, or ensuring you're getting adequate fiber, and healthy fats, limiting highly processed foods, minimizing added sugars, minimizing excess sodium. This tends to be a no brainer for helping to reduce overall risk and improve health. And when I say minimize and limit, because it's not to say that you have to eliminate these things altogether. This is real world nutrition after all. We do live our lives, but can we do some simple swaps? so nourishing your body with a well-balanced diet rich in those whole foods, healthy fats, antioxidants, fiber, healthy proteins, essential nutrients. This provides the support you need to reduce your risk of these chronic diseases that I've addressed here. And if we combine these dietary choices with those other lifestyle habits such as regular exercise, maintaining a healthy weight, and avoiding smoking, regular checkups and screenings, we can maximize our potential to reduce the risk of these chronic health issues and improve our overall well-being. So I want to say remember this, small changes in your daily eating habits can significantly impact your long-term health, and that's real-world nutrition for your chronic disease risk. So take a look at the show notes. I have a long list of past episodes and blog posts, as I said, where I've referenced other things from the past, including the DASH diet for blood pressure, antioxidants in more detail as it relates to cancer prevention, addressing omega-3 and omega-6 fats, as well as my top five suggestions of specific foods to reduce your cancer risk, and my top five suggestions for reducing or to include for a heart health, for a healthy heart. Dad's real world nutrition. Once again, I invite you to take a look at one more link in the show notes. And that is taking a look at the six, my mini course, six quick tips for the busy person to have sustainable energy through food. That mini course is really, if you did it all in one sitting, under 45 minutes, but it's broken up into several short videos along with a really comprehensive workbook to help you with making some healthier choices at home, at work, on the road, at restaurants, no matter where you happen to eat. All right, everyone, you take care. Bye for now.